This is the Champions of Print podcast series, recognizing Canadian companies and individuals that have helped fight COVID-19. Champions of Print is sponsored by Spicers. Spicers is a leading distributor of printing papers, specialty products, graphic solutions, sign and display media and equipment, and industrial packaging supplies. Partnering with trusted global manufacturers, Spicers sources, stocks, markets, and distributes a diverse range of quality products. Today, I'm joined by Rich Poppett, president of Flash Reproductions Limited. During the pandemic, Flash Reproductions displayed community involvement through donations of personal protective equipment, or PPE. Flash Reproductions also launched a GoFundMe campaign, which raised over $55,000 to help fund the shields that they produced and distributed to hospitals and long-term care homes. Rich, thank you for joining me today, and congratulations on winning a Champions of Print Award. Thank you. First off, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the shields that you produced? Yeah, like everyone, the, the, the pandemic uh, was a surprise to us. We found ourselves uh, at the shop as an essential service and kind of asking ourselves, you know, what's so essential about the work that we're doing here? We certainly were happy to be able to be uh, available for our clients. We were, you know, frightened about about the risks we were taking and that sort of thing. We were doing everything we could uh, to manage safe protocols and that sort of thing, uh, as we still are. Um, but at the time, we were just kind of asking ourselves from a societal standpoint, how important is the work that we do? Most of the work that we do uh, at Flash is uh, promotional work, um, art books, and those sort of things, which are certainly important on a grand scale to society, but are they important, you know, in the middle of a pandemic? So we, we kind of put our heads together and said, you know, okay, if we're an essential service and we're going to be here, you know, so we looked at, at everything that uh, frontliners required. And, and uh, when we saw face shields as being a, a part of the PPE that they, that they needed, um, yeah, we, we all immediately lit up and said, well, we can do those. Um, and that was, you know, kind of our understanding certainly was at the time that there was just a shortage, uh, simple as that. So I talked to, uh, somebody that I'd known for, for many years in the healthcare supply industry, and they were saying that, you know, they were waiting for a, a huge shipment, but it would be months out. And, uh, and then just kind of asked around to a few hospitals, some nurses that we knew and that sort of thing. And, you know, we were hearing stories of them basically taking uh, you know, sheets of acetate, you know, from an overhead, uh, from a classroom and, uh, duct taping it to their heads. So, you know, it, it put us in a position where we're just thinking, well, we can certainly do better than that. Uh, and, and we saw that the need was definitely there. So, yeah. So then we print on a lot of plastics here. Uh, so working with plastics and designing plastic dye lines and, and that sort of thing is not outside the realm of, uh, of our, of a scope of our regular work. So we, we, had some material on the floor, did some experimentation, um, did some some designing, uh, and just kind of made a prototype and, and put it on Instagram. And the response was was overwhelming. Everybody just like, can I have one? Can I have one? Can I have one? And at that point, there only was one. So uh, you can't have this one. Um, but yeah, so it encouraged us, uh, you know, that the, that the market did 
need um, what we had to offer. So uh, we swung into uh, to production and and uh, you know made dyes and um, and got the necessary materials and and uh, and started producing um, a slight variation of our first prototype. After we started producing them and getting some more feedback on the early prototypes, we uh, were in touch with Health Canada and uh, they were developing specs for sizing and that sort of thing. So there were a few adjustments that we made along the way uh, to keep in line with Health Canada and uh, also to respond to the feedback from the frontliners that were that were using them. Uh, so we you know, made us a second version of it. And that's the version that we ended up uh, uh, making hundreds of thousands of uh, over that period. So it was, uh, yeah, it really made us, had us focused on it. Honestly, there was three months where that was most of what we were doing. You know, so certainly some regular print work has, has come back since then. And we're, and we were doing kind of a mix for a while. And now we're pretty much all back to, uh, to regular work. But, you know, in that time, uh, when the supply chain was interrupted or or slow to respond, um, we're, we're proud that we were able to to fill that gap. Can you tell me about the machines that you used to create the PPE? We used uh, our dye press actually quite a lot. We have um, we have a an old bobst from the '60s that uh, that we have been. Uh, using for years and it never lets us down. And that's one of the wonderful things about um, mechanical processes like die cutting is they, they're, they're so simple that uh, a big hunk of iron still does what a big hunk of iron was supposed to do 60 years ago. Anyways, yeah, so we used, we used our bobst. Um, we made dies, we uh, printed uh, on, the, uh, on both uh, of, the, of the types of plastic that we were using. Um, on, on our uh, Hutterberg uh, CX-102. Yeah, and then the rest was hand application. We um, used our UV curing tunnels uh, from our screen printing department uh, to not so much to cure the ink, but to um, UV sanitize the shields before we boxed them up, uh, just so we were confident that, uh, that what we were sending out was uh, was sanitary and uh, yeah and, and would be would be useful can you tell me about the GoFundMe campaign such as how it was launched and how the funding was used yeah the GoFundMe campaign um, was my wife's idea she's a, a partner in the business here and um, when when we were early on getting a lot of responses uh, from people everybody wanting them wherever we could get them to them it felt odd to us uh creating a a customer out of someone in need um but on the same note we knew that we couldn't actually meet the need and uh, in the scope that was that was needed um just by funding it ourselves uh we're a relatively small company um you know 50 people strong uh and we you know, we're proud of the work that we can do, but uh, but we're not uh, we're not a multi-million dollar corporation uh, that can um, that theoretically could 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 afford to. I don't know if they can afford it right now either. But yeah, I mean, we we, we couldn't afford to just do this all our, ourselves and foot the bill entirely ourselves. So we and we were thinking, you know, the people that were that are in need can't necessarily afford this either. 
we had a lot of people reaching out at the time saying, uh, how can I help? How can I help? Um, we almost early on, we almost had as many people asking how they could help as we had people um, asking for help. So uh, when you're in that pocket, um, yeah, Lorna just recognized uh, that that situation that, that uh, of us as the middleman uh, uh, between people who want to help and people who need help. Um, so it put us in more of a kind of a facilitator role, which which was uh, you know was a great position to be in because we could kind of give the people who wanted to help a way to do so and give the people who needed help uh, the help that they needed. So uh, yeah, so we launched the GoFundMe um, and uh, promoted it as as best as we could. And uh, yeah, let people know that every two dollars that they that they donate would get a shield in the hands of someone who needed it. So um, that's you know with the production, the distribution, and everything. So it certainly wasn't a money making venture for us um, at that low price, but it was uh, it, it allowed us to you know break even. And how did you go about uh, donating the PPE? Uh, where did it go? Yeah, so once we collected um, all of the funds, um, we had, uh, you know, kind of a, a running total of an obligation of, of, of how many we needed to get out into, into, out into the field uh, to respond uh, to the donations. I can't remember the final tally, to be honest. I think it was a, just shy of $60,000 that we uh, raised through the GoFundMe. We had some help from some, some high-profile um, Canadians uh, in the NBA, and that was that was pretty great. But uh, but then most of it was uh, was just average people wanting wanting to pitch in. So um, so yeah, what, once we once we knew the number that we had to get out, um, we we started uh, you know distributing them ourselves, uh, dropping them off uh, wherever we could um, at various hospitals that were asking for them. So we put up a a website where people could could request uh, a donation. A lot of those were long-term care homes and uh, hospitals and, uh, you know, some smaller organizations. Uh, we tried to keep it to nonprofits, um, but we did stretch it a little bit where, where you know, it was technically for-profit companies that were in over their heads and, uh, you know, certainly weren't profiting uh, off this. So... Um, so yeah, so we, we did a lot of the deliveries our, our, ourselves by hand. Um, we did make them available for pickup. Uh, I remember one nurse actually that, um, she kept coming and picking them up. She lived in Hamilton and she worked in Toronto. So we were kind of halfway in between for her, or at least on her way into the city. So she would stop by after her shift and, and, and pick up a box, uh, for a few days in a row there. And it was just amazing to uh she she was every time she showed up she was so appreciative but also just so so haggard from from long hours uh on her shift so uh you know she was going home to get a few hours sleep and then and then get right back at it so it's inspiring to be surrounded by those kind of people i mean the reality is that uh in print you know like i said we're proud of what we do but it's not usually life or death for us um so being put in a position where, you know, what you're doing that day could literally save lives uh, really helped us, uh, you know, get up in the morning and come in here. Everyone in the shop was, was making, was making shields. I mean, uh, you know, project managers, um, uh, sales reps and 
whoever, you know, uh, pre-press, people who, you know, aren't, aren't working in our, in our handwork department, just, you know, whatever it takes. And they're all just sitting making thousands and thousands of shields every day and just uh, assembling them and boxing them up. And, and uh, you know, that's what we needed to do. And, and that's what we did. And, you know, no one was, was complaining about it. I was in here on, on many weekends with my uh, wife and kids and we were, we were making shields uh, all weekend long just to uh, just to keep up with the demand because, like I said, it's you know in this rare situation, it's life or death. And 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 every day that you're not able to get a shield on the face of of someone who really needs it, uh, it's putting them at risk. And and uh, you know we took that very seriously. So uh, in the end, we for distribution, we also had some some help with uh, from some uh, a student organization, actually some medical students that. Uh, were looking for a way to help, uh, and they were uh, collecting and distributing PPE. So uh, they were great. I mean, they they would just come and take anything that we had, and they had a long list of people in need. So uh, that really helped us out as well. What was the community response you received? It was really really warm, actually. I mean, it. Uh, I don't actually remember how things got out, to be honest. Uh, it was kind of a whirlwind, but um, at one point, um, the Toronto Sun reached out and wanted to do an interview about it. And after that, um, there was just so much, with that exposure, there were just so many, um, so many people uh, reaching out and, and wanting to help and, and thanking us. And um, yeah, it was, it was a really, you know, it was a unique position to be in. Um, again, just, just to feel like, like we could help. You know, we certainly weren't doing the, the really tough stuff uh, of, of caring for, for people, you know, in person, but it, it was, it was great to, to, to be, you know, even a cog in that machine. And uh, we were definitely had, had a lot of praise uh, to a degree that we weren't entirely comfortable with, to be honest, again, just not being used to, uh, you know, being called heroes, which again, just feels, feels really strange, uh, you know, as a printer. Um, we're not usually called heroes and, uh, I still think it's a bit of a stretch. Um, but you know, there's, there's no, there's no doubt that, that, you know, some, some of the work that we did actually saved lives. And, uh, with that perspective, uh, yeah, we, we definitely felt good. And, uh, the community was, was a big part of helping us uh, feel that way, helped fuel us for sure. Did you encounter any challenges? It's a print job, so it never goes as planned. Uh, it's just uh, a reality of, of print and, uh, you know, probably a reality of everybody's industry. But yeah, I mean, getting material was, was a huge challenge early on. Uh, again, we're lucky that we uh, do a lot of print on plastic uh, because we had all of those relationships and a lot of our suppliers for plastics that we were talking to you know, they were, they had short supply and um, they had people calling them from, from everywhere uh, trying to get their hands on it. And, uh, you know, luckily we were top of the list uh, just because, because of that past relationship. And also because, you know, they knew who we were, they knew what we were doing with it. They knew they could trust us because unfortunately early on and, you know, in March and April, um, there were a lot of face shields made available um, that were pretty exorbitant in price. And I want to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and, and say, you know, that, that I, I, you know, I'm guessing that was what it cost them to make it. 
Um, but you know, something that we're selling for $2 and someone else is selling for $20. Yeah. You can't help but be suspicious that, that there's profiteering going on there. It, it's so again, the more we could get out there and, and, and frankly, you know, the more material we could get our hands on, uh, the, the less opportunity there was for someone else to use that same material, uh, to profiteer. Um, and also that we knew that our, our, our process was, was quick and sound and you know we were we were pumping out uh, we had days where we got ten thousand of them uh, done in a day and out the door you know and so yeah, it varied with with uh, how many people we could really get on it but uh but yeah on average we we did at least five thousand a day and we were just full steam ahead so um yeah we wanted to make sure that uh, that we could get our hands on as much of it as possible and uh so that was the biggest challenge was getting materials uh, getting the foam was was not easy either. Um, although, you know, we ended up finding a great partner there that we're going to uh, be working with for, for years to come. Uh, they were, they were really great to work with as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, regular challenges, I would say of, of, of a, a rush job, uh, just getting materials and, and getting things done. Uh, there weren't so many uh, production issues. Um, mainly because in the end it was a relatively simple uh product once we had designed it and like the production of it was not complex uh and because everybody here was just so on board uh that you know getting out the volume um that we needed to get out uh was really just due to to a lot of people working real hard and and you know assembling a thousand a day um sometimes more uh each person and uh yeah, it was it was it was it was really encouraging. It really it really you know solidified us as as a team of just you know when when the chips are down, um, you know everyone who's in the building is uh, is willing to do whatever it takes, and it's uh, it's really been the spirit of this company from the beginning, and it's uh, it's really great to be able to apply that spirit to to something that's meaningful. Thank you so much for joining us today, and congratulations again on your win. I really appreciate again the in answer to your uh, you know how's the community supported us uh, you know think things like this is just really really uh, really great that uh, you know to to get that kind of recognition again not something that we're extremely comfortable with uh, but on the same note uh, definitely appreciative so thank you it is our pleasure please subscribe to Print Actions e newsletter to be notified every time a new podcast is uploaded I'm Kavita Seberwal Chomiak. Thank you for tuning in to the Champions of Print podcast series. See you next time. Champions of Print is sponsored by Spicers. Spicers is a leading distributor of printing papers, specialty products, graphic solutions, sign and display media and equipment, and industrial packaging supplies. Partnering with trusted global manufacturers, Spicers sources, stocks, markets, and distributes a diverse range of quality products.